0: Welcome back to The Fit CFO Show. I'm your host, Amanda Hanquist, and together with my husband, Sean, we created this podcast as a way to help you reach your business's financial goals. We will break down common financial myths and mistakes in business, and share with you the tools and knowledge to take your business to the next level. Our hope is that you will become financially equipped for success in your business, and in turn, help our mission to make this world a healthier place. is quickly approaching. In fact, by the time this episode is released, it will be here. Being an entrepreneur is difficult, but adding the stress of one more thing like health insurance can make things seem sometimes impossible. So often, a lot of entrepreneurs opt out of even carrying something like health insurance. At Fit CFO, it is our mission to make this world a healthier place, and we can only do that by helping health and fitness entrepreneurs succeed in business. So today on the show, I want to welcome Jonathan Jacoby of Health Markets to inform us everything that we need to know as entrepreneurs about health insurance this coming enrollment season. Let's welcome Jonathan to the show.
1: Hello, Amanda. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good.
0: Doing well. Thanks for being on today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, you bet. I asked Sean. I'm like, it's open enrollment soon. We need to have somebody on this podcast for that.
1: So yeah, coming up next week.
0: You gave me your name.
1: Yeah, that's what we. That's what we. uh, The next two two months is like our tax season. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: It's like you're you're an accountant in the health insurance space, basically. Exactly. Well, tell me about Tell me about yourself a little bit. You're in Omaha.
1: Yes, so. I office and live out of Omaha.
0: So it's kind of cool. Somebody actually knows where Grand Island, Nebraska is at.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I know where Grand Island is because I grew up in Hastings, Nebraska, born and, wow. right, and then uh, made my way up to Omaha after college.
0: Oh, very cool. Very cool. So born in Hastings?
1: Yep, born in Hastings, uh, lived there until I was 18 and graduated high school, then university of nebraska after that and then started my agency in 2006 here in omaha
0: that's awesome and been doing it ever since
1: yes love it So
0: how okay so what did you go to college for then
1: uh honestly i started out pre-law thinking i was gonna go to law school and um with an emphasis in um marketing and accounting ah by the time i uh graduated, I was just ready to go start a business. Okay. I went to law school and I, am, I don't regret it at all. Where, where my path took me, I'm, I'm very grateful for.
0: Well, you probably have a lot of good background knowledge that comes in handy, I suppose. A little bit. Yeah. It helps yeah. out. Yeah. So you've mm-hmm. kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit all along.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Me too. So how did you get into health insurance? It's not like I, I was an insurance agent for 12 years. I'm not sure if you read through the notes or anything, but uh, it's not like you wake up one day and you're like, I'm going to be an insurance agent. That's what I want to do in life, right? So exactly. how did you how did you get into that?
1: Yeah, nobody uh, makes that their path in life. but
0: uh, <laughs> Right. It's not like when you're in third grade and the teacher says, what do you want to be when you grow up? Grade, <laughs> unless yep. your dad's one or something.
1: Yeah. So, you know, shortly after graduating college, I just kind of was looking around and thought, you know, I'm I'm not going to be a lawyer. I'm not going to be a doctor, but I want to work in a, in a good profession, something that's upstanding and where I can build something and own something. And the more people I talked to, they just said, Hey, you know, sales uh, is kind of the other place you can, you know, make a good living specifically in financial services. So that I just started looking around at, you know, investment firms, stockbrokers, property casualty insurance, life and health insurance. And I came, you know, I probably interviewed a dozen different firms and the firm that the the brand that stuck out the most for me was health markets insurance agency, which um, I always explain it as it's kind of a, it's a, it's a national agency. And then, um, there's about 120 independently owned agencies like myself. So while there's a umbrella above me being the health markets brand, um, we all own our own independent agencies and we just kind of like a franchise type of setup. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah.
0: I was with, um, farmers insurance for a long time and we were, basically a captive agency, but we had like a long leash, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I'm familiar with the, the older farmers contracts. I've yeah. Joint work with uh, farmers agents over the years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the other thing that stuck out to me uh, with health markets was they were very focused on uh, small business owners across America and I, I kind of come from a family that's very entrepreneurial aunts and uncles are self-employed business owners, my parents as well. So those are the kind of people I wanted to work with on a daily basis. So uh, for the last 16 years, I've, you know, probably 80% of my client base are those small uh, business owners that have one or, you know, 25 or fewer employees.
0: That's awesome. So you, so are you licensed then in multiple states or how does that work for you?
1: So my agency is licensed in 48 states. Okay. Uh, We have offices in 42 states. And then I personally am licensed in about 20 states or so. Nice. Okay. I've got 33 reps here in Omaha uh, that work with me. And uh, between myself and and my team, uh, we service about 40 states or so.
0: Okay. Very, very cool. So then you're specialized in group mainly. Is that what you would say?
1: We, we do mostly, most of the contracts that we write, the policies we write are individual policies. Okay. Um, we do small group benefits as well. So we do everything from, you know, right now it's Medicare. You can't turn on the TV or the radio without hearing a Medicare open enrollment is going on so we help people that are 65 and older Mm -hmm. make sure that their Medicare is set up properly and then we work with tons of people uh you know self-employed people small businesses on individual health insurance policies yeah Um, some of those might be through the marketplace a lot of them and sometimes we form small group plans for them um and then we we also All the ancillary products. So when you think of a benefits package, you've got dental, vision, life, uh, accident insurance, cancer insurance. We pretty much do any insurance product that involves a human life, disability, long term care. Yeah.
0: Very cool. And I'm asking some of these questions, honestly, for my uh, own benefit with our company because we get a lot of. Inquiries and a lot of asks, but also this is like just really good information to to bring our audience. So I don't know if you listen to any of our sh- episodes or not, but and I I know you've chatted with Sean, and um, so I don't know how familiar you are, but we we only work with health and fitness entrepreneurs, yeah. and so we get a lot of um, these small businesses where they may be solopreneurs, maybe they have like some subcontractors, maybe they have like a virtual assistant or an actual in-person assistant of some kind, but for the most part, they're, they're doing it solo. Yeah. And so as you can imagine, health insurance is not always that affordable. And so a lot of times they don't have anything, which is not always ideal. So I want to get into a little bit here. Um, And I, you're obviously up the right alley as far as what you offer versus what this audience is going to need to be hearing about. So Let's talk about some of the challenges that you know entrepreneurs face, specifically when it comes to obtaining health insurance for themselves.
1: Yeah, I think seeing. we definitely are catering to the exact same audience. Yeah, we get calls every single day. Um, you know, people first of all they don't know where to look. There's a lot of stuff on yeah. the market. In um, the 16, well, next week will be my 17th year in this business, and it's it's gotten, I feel louder. weird to say that. <laughs> I'm flies, time flies. <laughs> I know, uh-huh. when
0: I, when I sold my agency, I'm like, God, 12 years, ouch, dang, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and that was a couple years ago now. Ugh.
1: You're only as old as you feel though, don't forget that. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but you know, in those 16 years, it's gotten cloudier, the, yeah. the, the insurance, the health insurance world has gotten more complicated, and the Affordable Care Act eight, nine years ago was supposed to make it easier and more affordable and a lot of things. And some of those things have kind of fruition. Um, Affordability, you know, rates have gone up astronomically in the last, you know, for about 2000, uh, well, in the last two years, they've stabilized or started going down. But what skyrocketed for about six years Uh, Well, I
0: know that because I used to offer health insurance at my agency, it was just kind of one of those things. It was easy enough. We could, we had a service probably similar to what you offer, where we literally would just hop on there, type in, you know, a a prospect information, and it would spit out several different quotes. We'd apply and be done. It was no big deal. And then that ACA passed and it was like, I'm not touching this anymore. There are so many rules now. It is so complicated and there, it was so expensive all of a sudden. Right. So, so I pretty much threw my hands up and said, you know what, I'm not an expert in this, so we're not going to offer it anymore.
1: Yeah. And if you look at, you know, when you think about the marketplace, the Affordable Care Act, those plans are fairly standardized, you know, they're labeled bronze, silver, and gold. So that's kind of helpful. And you would think that a, uh, a gold plan would be better than a bronze plan because, Probably uh, gold is better than yeah. bronze. <laughs> if you look at them on the surface, I'll just give you an example. You know, a typical gold plan has a low deductible, and these days, a the low deductible is a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars, and a high deductible is, you know, we'll call it seven thousand dollars. So, a gold plan might cost twice as much per month as a bronze plan, but at the end of the day, when you peel it back both those plans have the same maximum out of pocket. So that gold plan looks great with that 1500 deductible, but then you have to pay co-insurance after that all the way up to $8,000 before you're out of the woods. Whereas the the bronze plan, you just have a $7,000 deductible and then co-insurance up to 8,000. So if you had a a major claim, you you owe the same amount of money on that gold as you do the, the bronze. Um, so we try to educate our clients. Don't just look at the the copay and the deductible. Let's right. So back. what's making
0: that gold plan look more attractive is just that copay and the co-insurance side of it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we just kind of show people, hey, take the bronze plan. It'll save you uh, a couple thousand dollars a year, and mm-hmm. we'll buy some supplemental coverage to cover that major event. And it's just a better way to allocate their dollars. And um, I so was give
0: me just- an example of like what that. so let's say an entrepreneur comes in, they look at this bronze plan. Okay, cool. What does some supplemental coverage look like for them?
1: Yeah, let's say you got a, a, a single entrepreneur uh, with a spouse and, and two children. So you got a, a family of four, that's, you know, that's about a thousand dollar a month average mm-hmm. premium. Let's say that yeah. person's got a thousand dollars to spend. They could buy a gold plan and that will eat up their entire budget. We could probably buy a bronze plan for about $600. And then we can go out and buy some dental and vision coverage. Mm-hmm. We can buy an accident policy so that if somebody in the family breaks a leg or has an injury, that policy will pay the entire deductible on that bronze plan. And then we usually buy like a hospital and surgery policy that pays your deductible on your health plan. So that might cost about 200 to $250 to buy those ancillary products. So now you're spending eight to 850 a month. You're saving your client one or $2,000 a year in premiums and you're actually giving them equal, if not better coverage by bundling it. Yeah,
0: because you're almost like bundling or stacking these, these different plans and, op- and options together. That's, yep. that's awesome.
1: And the thing to remember is you get free preventative care on any qualified plan. We should probably come back to that in a minute, but yeah, buying a qualified health plan, and I'll explain what that means, you always get free preventative care. It doesn't matter if it's bronze, silver, or gold. And that's gonna be like annual physicals are free, child well checks are free, pap and mammogram for the ladies is free, colonoscopies are, is free for people over age 45 usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, shingle shots for uh, people 50 and up so that's pretty standardized and that's what you know most of your audience is probably pretty health conscious people yeah they're using it for is preventative care and maybe a doctor visit here and there and a lot of these bronze plans are giving free doctor visits and free mental health and free telehealth very very common uh, after covid Uh, back to the the when I work with people, when people first engage with me, I say the first thing I want you to know, there's really two types of health insurance, and this is very important for the audience to know, qualified plans and non-qualified plans. A qualified plan is going to be equi- equivalent to like an employer-sponsored plan. Yeah. When you go work for an employer, they don't ask you medical questions, they don't underwrite you, they don't do anything, right. they don't talk about exclusions. It's gonna be your highest quality, comprehensive medical plan that meets the requirements of the Affordable Care Act. So pre-existing conditions do not hurt you. Your health has nothing to do with the rates. They have to give you free preventative care. There's an out-of-pocket maximum. They have to cover mental health and pregnancy. So those are the big ones right there. And there's very few exclusions in those policies. Okay, and these are all marketplace-based plans yeah, you can buy those plans through the marketplace. Mm-hmm. You can also buy them directly from the insurance companies. Okay. So if you're sitting with me and you have extremely high income, you don't qualify for a government subsidy, mm-hmm. we don't really need to use the marketplace. Okay. But we'll go buy a marketplace type plan directly from a carrier or through my, my marketplace. Uh, but if I say, hey, based on your income, because you get lots of write-offs, you're self-employed, I talk to a lot of accountants with my yeah. clients to help plan to get tax credits. If you're getting a tax credit or a subsidy, then we have to use the marketplace in order to get those discounts. Um, so about nine, about 85% of our clients nationwide uh, are going to have bronze plans and you know most of it's on the marketplace. I do sit with people from time to time that say, hey John, we're a very healthy family. Um, we make very high income. So we don't really want to pay those high premiums for marketplace plans. Because if you yeah. don't get subsidy, it's pretty expensive. Uh so maybe that family plan is twelve hundred dollars in the marketplace, but they're really healthy. So if they're really healthy and they're not getting a subsidy, mm-hmm. I will take them out and underwrite them. Okay. So this is for all my higher income, healthy clients. And I'm glad
0: you're bringing this up because I feel like we have we have a couple of different audiences that we're talking to because we work with a lot of business coaches that are high income earners. Mm-hmm. Some of our, um, you know, entrepreneurs that are nutrition coaches are high income earners as well. But, yeah, I literally got this question yesterday, you know, that I went onto the marketplace, but I, you know, I had somebody advise me that I make too much money to be
1: going on to the marketplace to look for health insurance. So I'm glad you're bringing this up. Yeah. So if you've got, you can have pre-existing conditions and go through underwriting, you know, blood pressure, cholesterol, thyroid, that stuff doesn't affect underwriting. It's the chronic conditions like uh, diabetes and Crohn's Mm -hmm. disease and things like that. Those people have to get a qualified plan through the marketplace or off the marketplace. But for those healthier families that don't want to spend that much on healthcare, we'll underwrite them. Uh, we've got a couple, we only work with A-rated companies. So I've got about okay. 240 insurance companies, all A-rated or better that we write business with. And then your rate will be based on your health.
0: Can you name drop some of those A-rated companies?
1: Uh, on the on the health insurance side for these plans that we underwrite, uh, mm-hmm. we'll use Blue Cross, Blue Shield, United okay. Healthcare, and uh, National General, which is- okay. Better known uh, as the Aetna PPO. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so those are three of the companies that nationwide we use quite a bit, um, and then on the on the marketplace it varies from state to state, and um, so so that that family of four that might have been twelve hundred on the marketplace, I could go underwrite them with United Healthcare for probably about seven hundred dollars for okay. e- equivalent okay. coverage, but they need to know that hey, for the first year if you do have any pre-existing, it will be excluded. Okay. They don't cover pregnancy. So these are families that aren't looking for maternity coverage. Yeah. And then mental health is also excluded. Other than that, these are fantastic plans. We just like to make sure people understand those few differences because there are a lot of plans out there on the non-qualified side that they look good on the surface, but once you dig into them, there's yep. a ton of stuff they do not cover. Yeah. More, more bad companies than there are good companies.
0: And I wanted to kind of go over that a little bit too. Um, and I want to come back to this, but I just wanted to bring up we, because we have a pre existing condition, we have uh, glaucoma that is caused by like a genetic mutation, basically. So uh-huh. big, long thing, but ultimately, um, we've had to do a lot of research, a lot of things and, and realize that it's going to take like a waiting period. Well, we looked into a couple of different, um, what are they called? Shared, um,
1: health shared programs,
0: share programs. Yep. And we had one guy that was really trying to sell us super hard. And, um, I, I know enough to be dangerous, right. But I, I'm definitely reading the fine print and looking into it. And it was, horrible absolutely horrible coverage and so we didn't go with it but just to your point of making sure you're working with somebody that knows what they're doing and not somebody that's just trying to sell you something
1: so those i I would refer to those as most of those are faith-based uh sharing programs you got meta share and christian share and 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 Mm -hmm. we actually utilize those programs quite a bit going back to 2017 and 2018, maybe Mm -hmm. into 19 a little bit, because back then there was really a huge gap. There was a big demand for something different. It it was either, hey, if you don't do Obamacare and you don't do employer coverage, everything else, you get penalized for buying. Yeah. So except for- That's kind of
0: where we were sitting
1: at that point. Mm -hmm. And I, I had my family on- I'm Christian Metashare for two years because yep. I didn't want to pay the penalty uh, and I didn't want to pay the, the huge premium for the marketplace either. Yeah. So, so we did that, and you're correct. Most of those for the we first
0: ended year. up playing the huge price for the marketplace because it was like a three year waiting period for our pre existing condition.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And most of those plans, the providers don't know what it is when you come to the court like this, and it's not insurance. Well,
0: and and you have to file the claim yourself, or sometimes you have to prepay and then turn it in for reimbursement, those kinds of things too. That's true.
1: So after the individual mandate went away, so now you don't, individuals don't have to carry health insurance. Mm -hmm. Employers do, if they have 50 employees, it's against the law not to cover, uh, provide coverage. So once that mandate went away, these non-qualified plans came, came back. So we had hundreds of clients on these sharing programs uh, and we, we took them off of them because we didn't need them anymore. We went yeah. to like these underwritten health insurance plans that cost about the same. they are usually about the same price. They're regulated by the insurance commission. They have guarantees. They have networks, so you get discounts. So, we, we don't really see much of a fit for that anymore. Uh, but it did. So, if, if you got people out there that are on those still, you're listening. Um, again, they definitely had a place for a period of time, but mm-hmm. you should probably come out and see what other alternatives are out there. You know, the marketplace still may not be appealing to you, uh, yeah. but these underwritten health plans could be a good fit for those folks. Very good.
0: That's good. That's really good to know. I'm glad we touched base on that, because I feel like there's probably a lot of people that are still kind of in that, in that area. And that's not something that I knew.
1: Another thing on that note, in uh, March of 2020, uh, the American Rescue Plan was passed. And that was a, that was probably one of the Second biggest events in my 16-year career, the American Rescue Plan,
0: Okay. it
1: it did away with something called the subsidy cliff. So prior to this being passed, we'll just use a single person, then I'll do a four-person example. If you were a single person, you had to make less than $48,000 to get a tax credit for health insurance. You make a dollar over that, you get no help at all. For a family of four, it was 102,000. If you make $1 more than that, so at like 102,000, a family might get a $500 a month discount on health insurance. But if you make 103,000, you got no financial aid. So it really didn't make a lot of sense. It should have been kind of- uh, Very well qualified for that. Yep. So once that subsidy cliff was moved to what taken away, you know, hundreds of thousands of additional people that for many years said, Oh, I don't get a tax, but I make too much money. Um, I had a, it was in the world Herald, one of my clients in Donovan, right? Grand Island area, mm-hmm. a husband, wife, 59 years old. I could not wait to call them. The second this bill got passed, I called them up and we, there was a big article in the world Herald about this. They were paying 1800 a month for many, many years and they were on an underwritten health plan. So if the marketplace was gonna be like $2,800 a month, for this couple, Uh, the the underwritten plan, again, it had a few benefits that weren't gonna get, weren't gonna cover his wife. So his wife ended up needing a a hip replacement and that was gonna be an exclusion on their policy. So I was able to contact them and say, hey, you no longer have to keep your income under $67,000. That's what it was for a two-person household. They had to make less than $67,000. Well, these guys are making $230,000 a year. Well, with this new American Rescue Plan Act, at $230,000, they now get an $1,100 a month subsidy. Wow. So I put them on the marketplace. That plan's still $2,800, but they're getting an $1,100 discount on it and they're getting yep. the highest quality insurance
0: yeah
1: but reaches a lot more people now than it used to yeah
0: absolutely that's an incredible story and just think of what it did for for their lifestyle too yeah that's easy and this is why you know just going back to why it's so important to work with somebody that's a specific expert because there are so many changes that are constantly happening there are so many things to remember you know in just each specific industry like we're a financial company and this is insurance. Yeah, but it's a completely different animal than, than what it is that we know about. So we know enough to be dangerous, but those
1: specific things like that, it's so important to work with somebody that knows what they're doing. I, uh, I'm i a big fan of uh, sticking to what I do best and hiring everything else out. Yep. You yep. Know, why but do people absolutely. try to, I, I, I applaud the do-it-yourselfers for certain things, but when you need to go to court, you don't go represent yourself in court. <laughs> right. When you need to have a, a diagnosis or surgery done, you don't, you don't do it yourself. Yeah. I hire somebody to plan my financial future. That's not yeah. my strength. I hire somebody to take care of my lawn. I hire somebody to do my taxes. Um, health insurance is just as important. If you, if you have stuff to lose and you bought the wrong health insurance, and now you find out that your $60,000 uh, treatment procedure or your half million dollar cancer claim is not gonna get covered, yeah. that can ruin your financial livelihood. 100%,
0: so just
1: yeah. Just don't, don't do it yourself when it comes to health insurance. My, myself and my team, we feel like full-time students. It's a yeah. lot for us to keep up with this. Yeah. Um, t- today, I spent an hour just before this call uh, in Nebraska, uh, the, the new 2023 marketplace plans were just released today. There's 155 plans. Wow. How, how is a consumer that's not an expert supposed to sort through those and make an educated decision yeah. on a suitable solution? So
0: possible, right.
1: We have a lot of tools and knowledge to make that a very easy process. And I think it goes without saying, but, you know, most brokers do not, charge a fee to work with people. Yeah. Uh, If you're getting a commission from the insurance company, uh, you're not allowed to charge a fee. If you're not getting a commission, you can charge fees, Um, but these insurance companies do do pay us a small amount to place business. Uh, I just want consumers to know that you can reach out to experts like health markets agents. They'll work with you uh, and work in your best interest, and it doesn't uh, the insurance rates are the same, no matter where you go. I'll talk yeah. to small business owners. Hey, I want to get a group group rates from you. And I'm talking to a couple other agencies. Hey, that's great. But we get the same rates from Blue Cross. We get the same rates from United. Uh, there's no adjusting in rates. If you yeah. work with a broker, if you go direct or anything like that.
0: Yeah, you're just going to make sure they're getting what they need to be getting.
1: Yeah. You know, we want to make sure it covers your doctors because a lot yeah. of companies today of very tight networks. So yes, you gotta make sure that your doctors are covered, gotta make sure your prescriptions are covered, um, just things like that.
0: Yeah, and that's important. I mean, for if you have certain health conditions, you're gonna have a specific doctor that has a certain specialty. You gotta make sure they're they're covering you a certain medication, et cetera. Well, going back to things changing in 2023, you sent me an article about the ACA coming out with some new regulations about um, specifically the what was it called the family glitch rule that is just being released in this upcoming year let's let's go down that rabbit hole a little bit because I was reading it and I was like oh my gosh that that completely makes sense from um, both the employee standpoint and the employer standpoint so let's back up what exactly I'm talking about and then let's get into that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I shared that with you because this is probably, again, this is probably the third biggest event that's happened uh, in my industry in the last 16 years. Uh, When the Affordable Care Act was passed in 2014, uh, the family glitch became uh, known where they said, oops, we might have got this part wrong. And it basically said, you know, the law says that employers have to provide affordable coverage, Mm -hmm. but it only has to be affordable for the employee rate yeah and then the family rate could be astronomical can be whatever yeah for the last eight years employers have been providing affordable rates for employees because by law the insurance companies require the employer to pay a minimum of half for the employee you don't as an employer you don't have to contribute any dollars towards dependents and spouses and that usually it's like hey come work here and it's a Twenty dollars a month for employee coverage, but if you want to add your uh, spouse and kids, it's going to be a thousand a month out of your paycheck. Yeah. So one statistic it says this is an IRS uh, publication: twelve percent of workers across America getting employer coverage are spending ten thousand dollars out of their paycheck to cover their dependents. Wow. So that means the average family is spending about $900 a month out of their paycheck to cover the dependents. Uh, so what's changing now? And, and in the other part of the law, it said, hey, your family, let's say let's say mom works and makes um, $75,000 a year. Um, dad is a self-employed handyman, so he doesn't show a whole lot of income probably. And then we've got uh, two kids. So let's just say that household's making um, eighty thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, if they went to the marketplace, they could get a huge subsidy. Yeah, the so question on the application says, "Is anybody in the household eligible for employer benefits?" You have to check yes to that, and now that disqualifies the entire family from a mm-hmm. subsidy. Starting January first, that all changes. So the employee mm-hmm. that's getting affordable coverage to the employer, they'll still have to stick with the employer coverage and that's fine because it's gonna be a cheap rate. Right, why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. But now we can look at the household income and we can give a subsidy to the remaining family members. They're talking somewhere uh, about 5 million people will be affected by this. And I yeah. think that's a conservative number. They expect about somewhere between two and 3 million people to migrate off of group plans over the next few months. So we're just out there. We want to find as many people or families who are having to pay a lot of their paycheck for their employer insurance and just let them know hey, there might be an alternative.
0: And And that's huge because open enrollment is November
1: 1st through... It now goes from January 15th. January 15th. Okay. So two and a half months to sign up. After that, the door closes. Yep. And the only way you can sign up is if you have a, a life event.
0: So, if you are somebody who maybe your spouse has group coverage access, but you are paying an astronomical amount for the rest of your family members to be on that group plan, this is a good um, time to check and see during the open enrollment period where you may not otherwise have a qualifying event um, to see if it would be a better uh, better way for your family to go onto um, the marketplace instead. Yep, now's the
1: time. Um, and I would say with a lot of confidence that eight out of 10 families would find more affordable, comparable coverage coming out and getting an individual plan. Yep. And that's not uncommon, uh, having separate plans. I've had my own policy for as long as I've been married and my wife and kids have been on their own policy. Cause we have different needs. Yeah. You, you know, you mentioned your preexisting condition, your family, we split families up all the time where, Hey, one family member has a chronic preexisting condition mm-hmm. we'll put them on the qualified plan. And maybe we put the rest of the family on an underwritten plan. Sweet. So we analyze those types of scenarios and we weigh yep. the, the pros and cons of it. That's let's talk about, um, some
0: qualifying events just so people kind of have an understanding for what that means so let's say that you are past january 15th so we kind of waited a little bit too long so now we have to wait for a qualifying event or open enrollment to make any changes Um, what are those qualifying events
1: yeah some of the most common events are going to be marriage or divorce so these are all 60 day uh, time frame so Within 60 days of getting married, within 60 days of a divorce decree being finalized, you have a, a special enrollment there. Uh, birth of a child is a special enrollment for 60 days. Now, becoming pregnant, that is not a special enrollment because we people call the time. Hey, I've got a, I, I just found out I'm pregnant and I, I've got this really crappy insurance I bought and I found it, it doesn't cover it. Ah. I'm sorry, we technically cannot move you Sure. Anywhere. Yep um loss involuntary loss of coverage so maybe a carrier dropped you Uh, they don't really they can't single you out and drop you but maybe they just canceled an entire block of business or maybe your employer got rid of insurance those are some some of the most common oh moving so if you move from one county to another now moving within the same county doesn't count uh, but if you move from Douglas County to Sarpy County, that, that would be a life event. So those are some of the most common ones that uh, an adopted yeah. child is also another one. And just to recap that, it's about five different items. A qualif- A non-qualified plan does not necessarily have free preventative care. A non-qualified plan, the rates are based on your age and your health. They do not cover mental health. They do not cover pregnancy and they do not cover pre-existing for the first year. So those are about your five major differences and, and, and many people, including my family, that that's what they have for insurance and it works for them. Uh, at some point, if we decide to have more children, we would wanna get a qualified plan to, to cover pregnancy. Uh, so yeah, those are the main differences there. One other thing that could be of value is, um, something that's been new for the last two years in the health insurance space is called ICRA. And that's just the initials, I-C-H-R-A. And that stands for Individual Coverage Health Reimbursement Arrangement. We initially saw this being a fit for smaller companies that are 50 and fewer employees. And what it is, it's um, for the first time um, in history, uh, due to some other legislation that was passed under uh, the Trump era, beginning in 2020, an employer can now give pre tax dollars to their employees to go buy individual insurance products. Okay. That's never been that's allowed huge. by the yeah. IRS, ever. So they don't, they give them that money, they never pay income tax on it. The employer's not paying all the FICA matching taxes on it. So that's just right. like, that's the, That's the upside of group insurance. People always want, oh, I want group insurance. The rates aren't cheaper on group insurance because the actuarial science behind it is that the risk is the risk. Right, they're averaging people insured. The tax shelter of a group policy versus individual. So um, the CMS and um, a few other agencies, they're forecasting that somewhere between around a million employers will adopt ICRA over the next five years and that one million employers equates to about uh, five million employees that would potentially migrate from a traditional employer-sponsored group plan and they go out to the individual market. Um, So the beauty of that is is the employer is not choosing your health care anymore. So Most big employers, they pick two, three, four plans with their broker and then they offer it to the employees. Well, your employees might have way different needs. So instead of having a one size fits all, they going to say, all right, employees, we're gonna give you this amount of money. So it's just like when um, pensions went away. A pension was a guaranteed benefit at the end Mm-hmm. Well, now we have 401ks and benefits are kind of our pensions are a thing of the past. Yeah. 401k is just, hey, we'll match up to this amount and it's a fixed amount. You're not guaranteeing an unknown thing down the road. Today, every time your health insurance company raises rates on your group plan, typically the employer is absorbing that. Uh, so if we go to an ICRA, that's where the employer now has a fixed expense. They mm-hmm. say, hey, we're going to give 500 a month to every employee and you can go pick the plan you want high deductible low deductible bronze silver gold uh, so that's the benefit to the employee is uh, being able to pick the coverage that suits them best the tax benefits are still there uh, so we're excited about that because we're yeah. very focused in that individual market and we're helping these employers
0: now, is there any um, stipulations or criteria for the Icra as an employer? Do they have to have, you know, more than ten employees, or you know, is there any kind of stipulation
1: like that? Great question. Way more flexibility. Okay. Today, in order to form a employer group plan, most insurance companies want you to have five employees minimum that are not family members. Uh, There's a few companies that will go lower than that, Um, but with the ICRA, there's no minimum participation, Uh, there's no minimum contribution, Uh, they still have to meet affordability um, measures under the IRS for the employee pricing, Uh, but they can also have much more flexibility on class. Uh, We worked with a client recently that's got employees in seven states, they were able to break it up by state. Okay. Okay. These employees get this amount of benefit. These employees get this because the cost for insurance can vary drastically from state to state.
0: Well, and that's what I was going to ask. What if you have more of a, I guess, key person employee versus um, maybe a, I don't necessarily want to use the term lower end, but you get what I mean. If you have different classes of employees um, because as far as a lot of these things go, you have to do the same for everybody.
1: Yep, there's uh, there's certain measurements there, um, w- but yeah, again, the ICRA has a lot more flexibility than the traditional group plans. You can class it out by, say, your hourly hourly workers get this benefit. Your salaried people get this benefit. Okay. Or part timers, right. your seasonals.
0: So you could even give a benefit to somebody that's part-time, whereas before they'd have to be a full-time employee to receive a benefit. That's kind of yes. Yeah, nice
1: usually thing. we can do an executive carve out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just way more flexibility on the design of the policy. Yeah. And then that individual
0: can go out and figure out what's, what's best for them and their family. Yep. Very cool. Where can our listeners get in touch with you? I will put that in the show notes
1: as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, we can, we can help people. And I think New Jersey and New York are really the only two states. I apologize. I was just in New York City last week had a wonderful, wonderful time. And um, unfortunately, we uh, we'd get referrals up there from time to time. And I think yeah. your office sent me a referral for New Jersey last week. I us say, yeah, we do
0: have clients in New York and New Jersey. What's, what's with yeah. those two states? Are they complicated or
1: what? <laughs> I was scratching my head on that this morning. It's, that's the cost of entry is really what it comes down okay. to. But it's, yeah. So we can help people across the country. My office can help people. Uh, we've got an amazing team of people that are extremely uh, educated, talented, and, and helpful. So Uh, if you're outside of our realm, we've got offices across the country. I know most of the principals of those agencies, so we can put you in touch with them. Um, You know, healthmarkets.com is the the corporate landing page. Uh, If you go to healthmarkets.com and then forward slash Jonathan.jacobi, that would be my personal page. Okay. Um, And usually when we, uh, you know, get a referral for someone, or someone calls in to to get help. One of our staff will do a fact finder, we just okay. very basic information, so we can do our job best. Things like, sure. you know, name, address, date of birth, who are your doctors, yeah, what are your medications, what does your health care utilization look like, do you see anything coming up on the horizon, uh, what do you have right now, what's your budget, so we just. Do a we have the staff do that type of fact finding, and then from there, uh, you would have a in-person or virtual consultation with myself or one of our advisors okay. to help find a suitable uh, benefit solution.
0: Very good. Well, wonderful. I will be sure to include your contact information. You've been a huge help, and are clearly a wealth of knowledge in the health insurance industry. And again. Um, I think what we've talked about today just reiterates how important it is to really work with somebody that's focused in exactly what it is that they do and, and clearly do health insurance well. So thank you so much for being on today.
1: Uh, Amanda, appreciate you having me on today. It's a great conversation and uh, look forward to helping whoever we can help out.
0: If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications so that you don't miss a beat. We'd love it if you shared this podcast, your Instagram story, your Facebook page, or any of your other social media platforms so that we can help other health and fitness entrepreneurs out there succeed in business. We so appreciate you listening in and until next time, keep your goals high, but keep each step attainable.